is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I spent a couple hours over the weekend compiling the hate-laced history of anti-Semitism and hate for Israel at CNN, the Washington Post, MSNBC, the Associated Press, And I've could have gone on for days and days and days. So I encourage you to check out my various social sites on the various platforms. uh, If you want to check that out. One day I'll write a lengthy uh, essay or maybe even a book on this because it's important to understand. And I will name names as well. From Jake Tapper. And who else was there? Just so many. Mehdi Hassan, um, Wolf Blitzer, how awful he's been on the subject. But not just him. All of them. This is the mindset at CNN. This is the mindset at MSNBC, the Washington Post, the New York Times. It's terrible. Terrible. But I want to read something to you. Because you keep hearing about a two-state solution. And the Secretary of State Blinken, who was the Deputy Secretary of State under Obama, and I'll get to him in a minute, is doing shuttle diplomacy from one murderous genocide regime to another. Some of them headed by terrorists, some of them headed by Islamists. And what is he trying to do? They say the media that he's trying to make sure, you know, aren't more fronts that are opened up against Israel. It's not what he's doing. He's going behind the back of the United States Congress, behind the back of the American people, behind the back of the Israelis, and he's negotiating for a so-called two-state solution. They even put that up on their official State Department website. They want Israel to stop defeating Hamas. 
They want Israel. Doug Ross has a great piece on this. To enter into its 16th, 16th ceasefire. Over the years, 16th. Where Gaza's rebuilt and on and on, and then they attack Israel again. And people are right when they say, and you'll only hear this on Fox, that there was a ceasefire all the way up to October 6th until the, until the Hamas Nazis broke the ceasefire. But that's not my point. Memory, which is a great site if you want to check it out. M-E-M-R-I. Memory.org. So is camera.org, like the word camera, C-A-M-E-R-A dot org. But memory.org, they have staff and others who interpret Arabic and other languages overseas. And they, uh, they mention a columnist, Hani Salim Mashur. Hamas is not Palestine, an El Arab London publication. And without getting into all the detail, and he gets into a whole lot of detail, I actually believe it's a she, but whichever. I want you to listen to this brilliant point. There can never be a two-state solution. Because Hamas... Hezbollah, the Umbrella Group, the Muslim Brotherhood, which has a long history, a hundred-year history, is not interested in a state. They're interested in a caliphate, just like ISIS. They've tried on several occasions under the umbrella of the Muslim Brotherhood, and that's what Hamas is, part of the Muslim Brotherhood, to knock off Egyptian leaders. And they did it with Mubarak. And of course, the assassination of Sadat. They've taken over Lebanon. That is this effort at a caliphate. They now control what was the country of Lebanon. They're more powerful than the government there. They've taken over, with the Houthis, Yemen. Yemen, they, they control Yemen now. And they're taking over other Arab states and other states in the Middle East and elsewhere. They're not interested in a quote-unquote two-state solution, but they are interested in the United States giving them territory from which they can continue their caliphate. And it wouldn't matter if it was a boss with the Fatah party or some group or whatever it is, where they grab another chunk of land from the Israelis, Judea and Samaria, they would push the indigenous peoples, the Jews off there, in order to create this, fabricate this, this country. And the point of this author is, and this isn't the only author, there's another author in Egypt who's written essentially the same thing. The West doesn't understand what's going on, or if they understand it, they're denying it. 
This is a caliphate. Hamas is not interested in a country unless it could overtake it and use it as a base. Which leads me to my next question for Joe Biden, Blinken, Obama, and the other reprobates. What exactly would this other state look like? On Israel's border. How exactly would it be different from the Gaza Strip, which was the two-state solution? Hello, which was the two-state solution. Didn't work out. Because the terrorists, the Islamists, seek this caliphate. They don't care who the United States and Europe and the UN or whomever else installs some committee to run some some new country that they carve out of tiny little Israel. They're not going to limit them. They're not limited by boundaries. They're not limited by state sovereignty. They don't care about any of that. They're not a governing party. They're a terrorist movement. A terrorist movement. An ideological Islamist movement. Read what they write. Read their mission statement. This whole idea of a two-state solution is a disaster. And yet Obama pushes it. Biden pushes it. Blinken pushes it. The U.N. pushes it. Two countries side by side living in peace. Show me where that exists in the Middle East. Nowhere. Hamas has said they're never going to give up in their effort to slaughter the Jews. Muslim Brotherhood, Islamic Jihad, same thing. Iran, same thing. So how exactly would this other state be governed? How exactly would anybody prevent the toppling of the so-called government in that so-called other country? How exactly would you prevent it from becoming a highly militarized base from which to destroy the Jewish people in Israel? How would you do it? You can't do it. It's impossible. The so-called two-state solution would lead to the annihilation of the Jews, the annihilation of so-called moderate Arab states, and a country from which the nuclearized Iran and others would be able to threaten and in fact attack the United States and United States interests all over the world. There's nothing humanitarian about what's being pushed by Obama, Biden, and Blinken. They are fools, absolute fools. A so-called two-state solution must be opposed with every fiber of our being, America. And notice how they're talking about it, even while they're holding Israel back from eliminating Hamas. Even while they're funding Iran, even to this day. They want a caliphate. They don't want a quote-unquote state with borders. They want more than that. It's an Islamist revolution. That's what it is. That's what it'll continue to be. And here's little Israel trying to take out one little piece of it. And they're under attack from the United States. From our colleges, from our streets, from our media, from CNN and the Washington Post. From Thomas Friedman, from the New York Times, 
from Reuters and AP, from MSNBC. They're under attack. And they're the only ones that actually have flesh and blood on the line, day in and day out, fighting this caliphate movement that seeks to spread throughout the Middle East. Well, the United States, under the most stupid regime in American history, prepared to reward the terrorists after their attack on Israel. The only way to resolve this, they say, is essentially for Israel to lose. Because Israel, we all know, is, is inhumane. It's targeting citizens. Look at all this. Pictures left and right, don't you see? And of course, we have this 30, 40, 50, maybe it was 20 million, I don't really care, people marching in Washington, D.C. The media do not tell you that that's funded by International Answer, Inc., a Marxist operation. The media do not tell you that it's funded by the Hamas network in the United States that I've been talking about for a full month right now, which backs CARE and these other operations. The media will not tell you that many of the front groups involved, the non-governmental organizations, have been funded by George Soros, who's been trying to destroy Israel and its sovereignty for decades. Soros and CARE, always welcome at the White House. Obama or Biden. Amazing, isn't it? You don't get the facts from Jake Tapper and CNN, from Wolf Blitzer and CNN. You don't get the facts from MSNBC and Andrea Mitchell and her ilk. You don't get the facts from the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes. They don't even care who's funding these things in the United States. And meanwhile, they desecrate, they desecrate monuments in Lafayette Park. They desecrate the fencing around the White House. They try and climb and breach the fencing around the White House. And I haven't heard that the United States Department of Justice and FBI are trying to round up as many of these people as they can and send out SWAT teams with an obvious effort at an insurrection with these radical left-wing organizations, many of which have ties to the terrorist organizations, I don't see this sense of urgency. Do you? Do you? I don't. So what you've learned here by listening to this program in the first 15 minutes is more than you're going to learn on CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, and the Washington Post for years. And you're not going to hear it on TV. Well, you may hear it on TV now, on cable. You may hear it in talk radio now. But this isn't about a state. This is about a caliphate. This isn't about a two-state solution. If there is a called, so-called two-state solution, it'll be Israel's final solution. And now what you're going to see is what we saw a year or two ago. The intensity of the smear and character assassination campaign against Netanyahu and his government. His government is quote-unquote right-wing. It's extremist. Netanyahu. He's the problem. If we could just get rid of Netanyahu. We could just have a two-state solution. If we could just do what Obama, Biden, and Blinken want us to do. And Thomas Friedman want us to do. If we can just do what Jake Tapper and CNN... And MSNBC, if we could just do what they want us to do. Editorial pages of the compost and the slimes. 
peace will break out in the Middle East. And yet, the man they seek to put in prison for the rest of his life, Donald Trump, he didn't see it that way. And as a result of his policies, which run completely contrary to the Democrat Party, peace was breaking out everywhere. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or a 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals CNN's anti-Semitic disgrace by David N. Lippmann, the Jewish News Syndicate. Why won't the network remove a Jew-hating cartoon from its website? This is back in May of this year. I think we know why. Here's another one. October 6, 2023. This is the day before the attack. Camera analysis. CNN obsession with Israel. The cable network is not being driven by genuine journalistic motivations, says the media watchdog. What do you think of that? Committee for Accuracy Middle East Reporting Camera. The Washington Post and Politico push anti-Israel propaganda. No question about all this. I mean, there's just scores of these things, these articles about CNN and MSNBC and Politico and the Washington Post, where these folks monitor them and put out the information. It's just overwhelming the amount of hate there is from the American media for Israel. I'll be right back. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or a 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals. He's driving the media mad. 
Mark Levin. Call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. And that media so-called definitely wants to shut me down and shut me up, but that ain't going to happen. It's just not. What I say is truthful. They can twist whatever they want. But this isn't the 1930s and 40s. I don't work for the New York Times and the Washington Post. I certainly don't work for CNN and MSNBC. These are horrendous. Horrendous organizations. And you can go on the internet yourself and see how contemptible they are. And their hosts, many of them, not all of them. But many of them, enough of them. There's never any resignation on these networks that say, you know what, I can't handle this. This is ridiculous. You even had Jake Tapper compared Israel to Russia a week or so ago. He compared Israel to Russia, Israel democracy, to Russia, a monstrous genocidal regime. It's incredible. It's sickening. The Republican Jewish Coalition, this is Breitbart, issued a blistering response Saturday night to former President Barack Obama's attempt to claim a moral equivalence between Hamas terror and Israeli occupation, quote-unquote, saying Obama was complicit in terror and war. As Breitbart reported, Obama told the Pod Save America podcast, which is run by his own former staffers, that America was complicit in the suffering in Israel and Gaza. He said, if there's any chance of us being able to act constructively to do something, it will require an admission of complexity and maintaining what on the surface may seem contradictory ideas that was Hamas, what Hamas did is horrific and there's no justification for it. And what is also true is the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is unbearable. And so if you want to solve the problem, he said, you have to take the whole truth and you have to admit nobody's hands are clean, that all of us are complicit to some degree. That was disgusting. Republican Jewish Coalition said at a time when morality, international law and the welfare of our chief ally in the Middle East all demand that we stand with Israel full stop. Barack Obama says it's complicated. It's not. Hamas attacks civilians. Hamas takes hostages. Hamas uses Gazans. As human shields, Hamas steals humanitarian supplies. Hamas builds terrorism tunnels instead of bomb shelters or schools or houses. Hamas is to blame for the current war. The U.S. should be fully behind Israel as it seeks to end Hamas's capability to harm Israelis and Gazans alike. They said, but instead, when Israel faces a barbaric attack from Hamas, Obama blames Israel. And not just Obama. The Post, The Times, CNN, MSNBC, many of their hosts... It is Barack Obama who is complicit in the death and suffering over the last month in Israel and Gaza, says the Republican Jewish Committee, reported by Breitbart. His policies and those of President Joe Biden put billions of dollars into Iranian coffers, money used to fund and train Hamas and other terrorist groups whose stated goals are the destruction of Israel and the annihilation of Jews. Obama's attempt to dilute his own culpability in this situation doesn't change the facts. Amen. Amen. But it changes it for the media. 
Washington Post and Politico push anti-Israel propaganda, June 7, 2022, Committee for Accuracy in the Middle East reporting and analysis. There are scores of these stories, America, scores of them, leading right up to today. Right up to today. Now, I've told you before, there is Islamophobia going on in the world. It's just not happening in America. There are one-offs, which are evil and horrific. But how many of you know this? How many of you know Pakistan carries out mass expulsion? The Washington Post actually covered this. It's an excerpt from today's Worldview newsletter. As global attention centered on Gaza and the compounding upheavals and traumas triggered by Israel's war on Hamas. You listen to that? You see what I mean? Israel's war on Hamas. Another population is in crisis. Hundreds of thousands of Afghan refugees are being forced to leave Pakistan as the country implements an order from its interim government to remove undocumented people from within its border. Of the roughly 4 million living Afghans living in Pakistan, about 1.7 million are thought to be in the crosshairs of this repatriation plan. The Pakistani government set a November 1 deadline for when people without legal documents, primarily Afghans, but also potentially asylum seekers from persecuted groups such as China Uyghurs and Myanmar's Afghani, to remain in the country. They must leave. So that's Pakistan. 1.7 million Muslims. They're pushing out of the country. Back in Afghanistan and other places. Pakistan is struggling to rein in the Pakistani Taliban outfits operating within the country. So what are they doing? They're pushing these people out. Almost two million of them. Almost two million of them. And we have open borders. I wonder if any of those folks will get into our country. Why wouldn't they? Why shouldn't they give it a shot? Now, this is being reported, but it's not a headline in most of the media. It's not a headline in most of the media. Why? China, the Uyghurs, two, two and a half million Muslims, forced into internment camps, murdered, raped, forced abortions, tortured. Starved to death? Oh yeah, there's Islamophobia going on, but not in our country. No systemic attempt to to destroy Muslims. But the protesters in the street, they're not talking about peace, not even two states. They're talking about the annihilation of Israel. Did not Obama say something to the effect, Mr. Producer, about the occupation, something like that? He did. And of course, he's not condemned on our TV networks, not by CNN or MSNBC. No, no, no. Look, Obama lit this fuse in the first place. Malley was his guy. Blinken was his guy. Sullivan was his guy. He was the first to start dropping off 
hundreds of millions, billions of dollars to the Iranian regime. It took Trump to come in and fix it all, clean it up. And then the protege, Biden, he comes in with the same Obama crowd and blows it all up. And let me suggest something to the government of Israel, the prime minister of Israel, Obama, excuse me, Biden keeps pressuring you to do this or do that. Why don't you pressure Biden and tell him, look, Mr. President, when you shut off the oil money coming into Iran, when you enforce the sanctions that President Trump put in place to starve Iran of money for its terrorist war machine, when you pledge and demonstrate that you are prepared to prevent Iran from getting nuclear weapons and that you will do anything as we will to prevent it. To protect your people in the United States and he can say my people in Israel then we can start talking about a humanitarian pause. But until you turn off the spigot and until you pledge like Trump did to prevent Iran from getting nuclear weapons? Don't you pressure us about a phony humanitarian pause when we've had 15 ceasefires up to this point. And now my people have been slaughtered. This is why they hate Netanyahu. This is why they hate Trump. Because these guys want to re-engineer the world. Because they hate our country fundamentally. We're too strong. We're imperialists. And so I want to ask the people at CNN, all the hosts, I want to ask the writers at the Washington Post, Jeremy Barr, how many Muslims have Muslims killed in the last year? Just curious. They don't even have to be in the Middle East. They're Muslim countries that are not in the Middle East. You have no idea. You haven't even bothered to look. You so hate your own country, you talk about Islamophobia in our country. Who's slaughtering whom? And please, CNN, Washington Post, please tell us. How many Muslim students in America have been locked in libraries or ran to the attic for safety from Jews? Maybe even Orthodox Jews. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? How many? Just give us one example. Just one. Give us one example of violent protests in the street in any major city in America, any minor city in America, led by Jews, for that matter, led by Christians, led by Hindus, led by Buddhists, led by atheists. Show us. Show us. And why won't the Federal Bureau of Investigation not only track hate crimes, but who commits them and provide those statistics? To we the people. So we know where the problem's coming from. Why won't they do that? You know why. How many people were arrested over the weekend? During the insurrection over the weekend. I think I'll give it a name. It was Saturday, right, Mr. Producer? The November 5th insurrection. Everyone write that down. The November 5th insurrection. How many people were arrested? How many people were arrested for damaging government property, for trying to 
scale the White House fence? How many SWAT teams are going to be going out and rounding up these people? What kind of resources are the FBI, Park Police, and others applying to determine who committed these acts? How many? How much? And have you noticed the Attorney General of the United States is in the Witness Protection Program? Ever since October 7th, have we heard anything from this man? Where is the Attorney General of the United States? Where's the director of the FBI? Where's the head of the Civil Rights Division? Oh, that's a funny one. Where's the head of the Civil Rights Division? Another bigot. Oh, they put out statements. I get them automatically and I read them. That's not the same thing. Where are they? Where is the press conference from the heads of the Department of Justice? All of whom have ties to Obama. All of whom are radical leftists. Where are they? Where is the all-hands press conference with the Department of Justice announcing all the things they're going to do to fight terrorism on our college campuses? They went after the state of Georgia over abortion. They went after parents who went to school board meetings to go after pro-lifers. They go after Catholics. And they go after peaceful protesters, you know, trespassing and parading on the Capitol grounds. Not the violent ones, the, the peaceful ones. What's their plan to deal with this? Crickets. There is no plan. Why won't CNN ask them? Why won't the Washington Post ask them? Why won't Politico ask them? Because they don't give a damn. That's why. More when I return. Mark Lovin. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals. All right, here's some breaking news. According to Instant News Alerts, the Israeli Defense Forces ground forces are within a few hundred meters. That's about 350 feet of Shaifa Hospital in intense combat with Hamas forces. In other words, they're attacking one of their main headquarters. They've cut the Gaza in half. The north is where they're focused and attack, where Hamas is. The citizenry, hundreds of thousands have moved. And by the way, media, you keep talking about how many hundreds of thousands of Palestinians have moved. Well over half a million Israelis have been removed from the northern border alone. 
But you never report these things. Why is that? Well, we know why. Because you suck. IDF ground forces are within a few hundred meters of Shaifa Hospital in intense combat with Hamas forces. And it goes on, posted by Mossad commentary, the Air Force is currently bombing tunnels near the Al-Quds Hospital in Gaza. So Hamas is under this hospital and others. This is where the headquarters are, and they're zeroing in, the Israelis. And isn't it interesting, as the Israelis are zeroing in to destroy the Hamas caliphate, more and more pressure is being placed on them by Biden and Blinken to back off. To back off. They say for humanitarian ceasefire, humanitarian pause. No, what Israel's doing is humanitarian. And Reuters, another anti-Semitic media operation, says there have been 10,000 deaths in Gaza, Mr. Producer. Now, where'd they get those numbers from? The Hamas Health Services. They even said, according to the Hamas Health Services. So they're still at it. They're all still at it. They all still do the same thing. It's unbelievable. But I want you folks to know about that. Israel's doing what, what a country's doing when they want to win a war. And Israel should not change course to accommodate Joe Biden's political ambitions. That's right, I said it, and I've said it before. Joe Biden's party is an umbrella operation that includes pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist voters and organizations. These people who march in the street, they're not Republicans. I told you before, they're Democrats. If they vote at all, they vote Democrats. Same with most of the media. I shall return. What happens at fast hour? I shall return. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship. Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Again, Check out my uh, various social platforms and you'll see the tip of the iceberg with CNN, with the Washington Post, with MSNBC, their hosts, more platforms. I just ran out of time. I had other things to do. The sickening anti-Semitism, the sickening anti, I guess I'll call it anti-Israelism absolutely repulsive i would suggest you go to a couple of sites camera.org like the word camera memory.org m-e-m-r-i jns.org and i meant to thank don serber it was don serber over at subtech uh, subtech who wrote that great piece about the 15 ceasefires israel already entered into and of course the terrorists broke each and every one of them I want to mention another subject quickly. 
For the people in Virginia, for the people in Virginia of an an off-year election tomorrow, those of you who have not voted early, you need to vote tomorrow. Off-year elections tend to be low turnout elections, so your vote is especially effective tomorrow if you haven't voted yet. And at stake is whether the Republicans continue to hold the House of Delegates. They only have a few vote margin. Whether they can pick up a seat or two for the state Senate and give Governor Yunkin a majority. And so Virginia can get back to work in many respects. The Democrats who are running in Virginia are running on abortion and only abortion. Because they think you women out there are stupid. What Youngkin has proposed and what he's done is the first 15 weeks, abortion is abortion. After that, they have a right to make determinations, the state does, with respect to uh, certain rather limited requirements that include the rape and incest, the life of the mother, And what the Democrats want to do is they want to eliminate any limitations. They want abortion on demand. They've even proposed, uh, if a baby survives abortion, to take no action to to protect the baby. They're so extreme on this, they, they don't even believe in parental notification. They don't believe in parental notification if a relatively young teenager or older child is pregnant and is going to have an abortion. They don't require parental notification if a young child decides to change physically their genitalia, either with drugs or surgery. So this is on the, uh, really on the ballot. This is what the Democrats stand for. They pretend that they're that they're uh, just pro-women and pro-abortion. That's not what they're pro. They're pro-death. Child mutilation. They're pro-school boards coming between parents and children. And they run a ton of money. Or they have a ton of money. They run a ton of ads. It's a lie. Because that's what they do. They lie. Now, America, you'll be interested in this too. Loudoun County is is point zero is the is the t- tip of the iceberg i should say point of the spear when it comes to these cultural battles and so i want to put in a word here and there you have a wonderful sheriff by the name of mike chapman m-i-k-e chapman c-h-a-p-i-n he's been there a long time and he counters the prosecutor there who's a soros prosecutor which is why crime in loudon county is going through the roof So guess what, ladies and gentlemen, in New York, one of the Soros organizations is pouring money into TV ads to try and take out Loudoun County's sheriff. Because the sheriff is only the the only balance there is in Loudoun County law enforcement against the radical Soros prosecutor. So Soros is literally spending money, washing it through these groups to defeat the sheriff of Loudoun County. Loudoun County has become a big, powerful county. And to install a radical leftist. 
So you folks are voting for law and order, or you're voting for anarchy and crime. And in Mike Chapman, you get law and order. At the state delegate level, there's a gentleman who's running who I know, Geary Higgins. He's solid as a rock. If we can take that seat, we should be able to hold on to the state legislature in Virginia. You're going to hear about all this tomorrow and, and tomorrow night and Wednesday, America. So I'm dealing with it right now before everybody else. In the state Senate, you have one of these former Soros prosecutors who worked under the Soros prosecutor. She's running around talking about how she's tough on crime, but the defund police movement has heavily funded her campaign. So what does she do? She's running on abortion. Abortion on demand, abortion at any time, no parental notification, nothing, zero. She's a radical leftist. And as an assistant prosecutor, she actually let sex offenders out who committed offenses again. But that word prosecutor, for some reason, mesmerizes people. Well, when you're a Soros prosecutor, it ought not mesmerize anybody. So she's running against Juan Pablo Segura who's a great guy who spent a lot of time working on issues involving children. Juan Pablo Segura. He's the one to vote for. So you have Gary Higgins, Juan Pablo Segura, Mike Chapman, and one more. For the all-important chairman of the Board of Supervisors in Loudoun County, again, Loudoun County is the point of the spear on these culture wars, America. That's why I'm focused on this. Yes, I have a home there, too, but that's not why I'm focused on. And there is a candidate running by the name of Gary Katz, who's very, very solid, running against Phyllis Harris, who has serious ethical issues, who's extremely radical, who wants to use her position as chairman of the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors to run for Congress. But Gary Katz is the candidate you should support. So, finally, Geary Higgins for delegate, Juan Pablo Segura for state senator, Mike Chapman for sheriff, and Gary Katz for chairman of the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors. You also have important school board races and other races there. So I'm focused on this one county. I can't go through all the counties of Virginia, but many of you folks in Virginia don't live in Loudoun County. You really need to pay attention to what's going on and get out there and vote. Again, it'll be a low turnout election. So if as many Republicans and conservatives and sensible Democrats, a shrinking pool, Get out and vote for these people and get out and vote in your own county for the right people. You're going to make a real difference. And I don't mean a real difference nationwide. You're going to make a real difference in your own lives. You know why people are moving to Florida, they're moving to Tennessee, they're moving to Texas? is to escape these Democrats. So why would you vote them in? Why would you listen to their lies, their constant lies? This is a party, any party media that run with Hamas talking points. Of course, the Washington Post endorses all the Democrats. But the Washington Post all but endorses uh, Hamas. So why would you listen to them? Well, you shouldn't, of course. 
Let's get back to this here. I want to talk a minute about Donald Trump, what they've been doing to Donald Trump. You actually have a case in New York that's been going on where the judge should have been disbarred a long time ago. Before Donald Trump ever walked into the courtroom, before his lawyers ever walked into the courtroom, before Donald Trump spoke one syllable, the judge found him guilty of violating a statute that has, according to Fox, and they did the research, has never been used against another person in the state of New York. Never, ever. Donald Trump is the first case in decades and decades and decades of this law being on the books. Why? Well, the district attorney in Manhattan looked at the law. He took a pass. The U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York, they looked at the law. They took a pass. By the way, correction, the the radical left-wing Democrat chairman of the Board of Supervisors in Loudoun County, her name is Phyllis Randall. Phyllis Randall. She needs to be removed. An extremist who's done very unethical things. And now she wants to run for Congress using this. Gary Katz is the guy. So here you have a statute that is clearly unconstitutional. You don't have to have a victim. It's a civil statute. You don't actually have to have somebody who's been defrauded. You don't have to have a complainant who has said they've been defrauded. You don't have to have any wrongdoing. It's a dispute over the valuation of property. And in every one of these contracts that Donald Trump signed, and obviously he didn't write these contracts, you hire lawyers to do these things, there was a disclaimer which said, look, if you don't agree with our valuation, it's on you. Hire your own assessor and do the valuation yourself. It's okay. Do it. So what else can you do? There's no fraud. There's no criminal, excuse me, there's no violations. There's no complainant. You have the, the language in these contracts that says, transparently, this is what we value the properties at. This is the information we have. Feel free to hire your own people. So forth. They didn't do that. He wasn't late in a single payment. All the payments were made. Everything was paid off. And now he's sued by an attorney general who should have also been disbarred by an attorney general who's a radical left-wing Democrat elected by a judge who's an elected Democrat. And she not only wants to take $250 million, a quarter of a billion dollars from Trump, who didn't do anything wrong. She wants to bar Trump and his children from ever doing business in the state of New York again. And to turn their current properties over to a some kind of administrator. And the judge today, despite the spin you're hearing from the press, because the press lie, whether it's the live, lives of Jews in Israel, whether it's promoting Hamas, they just lie. And Trump was contentious. Trump had to be told multiple times by the judge to cut it out. Trump's lawyers were told to get their client under control. Trump was giving long answers. He should have given shorter answers. You don't tell a defendant what kind of answers to give. 
If a defendant feels they need to give a long answer, they give a long answer. It's not even a jury trial. Did I mention that? So he's deemed guilty before he even walks into the courtroom. There's no jury trial. This elected Democrat judge is way over his head. Way over his head. An elected radical Marxist Democrat attorney general. Now the judge is telling Trump how to answer questions. And he puts a gag order on Trump. Two of them, really, earlier. So Trump can't defend himself. They're interfering in the election. He's committed no offense. They use a statute that's never been applied against anybody else, ever. The partisan Manhattan DA's office took a pass. The partisan U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, he took a pass. But not Letitia James. Who will want to run again for attorney general. And not this judge who will run, ag- run again to be a judge again. They've dragged his children into this. This is what they're doing to Donald Trump. This is just one case. Every one of these prosecutions is corrupt. The only judge who isn't, in my view, is the one in Florida. But of course, they're trashing her. Because that's what the media do. That's what CNN, MSNBC... Washington Post, New York Times, that's what they do. That's how they conduct themselves. Then the judge in Washington, D.C. throws a gag order at Trump at the request of the Biden administration. It's utterly unconstitutional. Even the contemptible ACLU, the American Criminal Liberties Union, even they intervened and said, wait a minute, you can't do that, judge. So you know what the judge did? First, she stayed her own order. Then she dropped the stay. Then, of course, Jack Smith's looking. He's saying, you should expand your order. Make it more aggressive. Screw the Constitution. Screw the First Amendment and free speech. Screw the effect on the election, says Jack Smith in so many words. Of course, he'll he'll candy-coat it. I don't. So now a three-judge panel has taken it up, an appellate panel. Two Obama appointees and one Biden appointee. We'll see what they do. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll cut the baby in half. Maybe they'll get rid of it altogether. I seriously doubt it, but if they do, I'm going to give them credit for it. But the best likelihood, if you're a betting man or woman, or transgendering better, you would bet that they're going to uphold it in whole or in part. We'll see. But this is the problem when you have... Really, all Democrats. It's incredible. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans. About a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation. And Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this no 
cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. I'm looking at the Media Matters for America website, which I almost never do. But now we're going to look at it a lot. Cable and broadcast news networks largely failed to cover Trump's alarming statements about migrants, liberal Jews, and Hezbollah. National broadcast and cable networks are barely covering Trump's recent gaps and incoherent statements. Major national outlets adopt House GOP spin to protect rich tax cheats. Fox host Mark Levin claims Wolf Blitzer's parents weren't victims of the Holocaust. Blitzer has spoken of how members of his family were killed at Nazi concentration camps. They're still pushing that crap. Alex Jones and Infowars air a report that questions Holocaust death toll. Uh, well, the New York Times didn't cover the Holocaust at all. Why don't they mention that? They can mention Alex Jones, but why don't they mention that? The Heritage Foundation uses fringe right-wing media to promote itself as it struggles to stave off competitors. It goes on. It attacks libs of TikTok. It attacks Fox, Fox Nation. It attacks uh, Meta. Excuse me, not Meta. It attacks X, that is uh, Bezos. It attacks Sean Hannity, Charlie Kirk. It attacks Rumble. It attacks Ingram. Jesse Waters, Clay Travis. So here's my question. How does this group, this Soros-funded front group, have a tax-exempt status? How does it have a tax-exempt status? They're not attacking a single Democrat, liberal idea, Biden ever. How does Media Matters have a tax-exempt status? I'll be right back. I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans, about a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation, and Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day, but they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this no cause and you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service and pure talks plans start at just 20 bucks a month offering unlimited talk unlimited text more data and a mobile hotspot just go to puretalk.com slash levin l-e-v-i-n and make the switch let's rally together show our unwavering support for our veterans get the best service at the best price as well visit puretalk.com slash levin puretalk.com slash l-e-v-i-n and switch to pure talk today in less than 10 minutes it's the right move and it's the American way. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. The Republicans in the House need to look into this whole Soros operation with its anti-Semitic front groups, um, with its efforts to destroy our nation, to destroy the state of Israel, its constant access Alex Soros, his son, who's taking over the uh, empire, to the Democrat Party, to Obama, to Biden, and all the rest. And they need to figure out the media matters as well. 
how it is that all these years it has escaped the notice of the Internal Revenue Service. And even though this organization is headed by an anti-Semite and a racist, proven, CNN, Washington Post, that'd be Jeremy Barr, CNN, Tapper, that crowd, they still use it. Most of the media still use it. Forbes uses it. Daily Beast uses it. The reprobates at Mediocreite use it. It's shocking. But let me tell you something that the Daily Caller, Peter Hassan, an editor, disclosed a few years back. Media Matters president is Angelo Carusone, C-A-R-U-S-O-N-E. And... Um, they write, Karasom posted a lengthy diatribe in November 2005 about a Bangladeshi man who was robbed by, quote, a gang of transvestites, unquote, as Karasom described it. Karasom was offended that the gang was described as, quote, attractive, unquote, in the article. Quote, did you notice the word attractive? What the F is that doing in there? Is the writer a tranny lover, too? Or perhaps he's, he's trying to justify how these trannies tricked this Bangladeshi in the first place. Look, man, we don't need to know whether or not they were attractive. The effing guy was Bangladeshi, Karasone wrote. And while we're, we're out, while we're out, what the hell was he doing with $7,300 worth of stuff? The guy's Bangladeshi, exclamation mark. Karasone also chided police for not advising the public to, quote, stay away from tranny bars, stay away from places where Eddie Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. have our visiting don't effing kiss a transvestite, don't bring a group of transvestites back to your room, etc. The future Media Matters president titled his post, Tranny Paradise. In another post that same month, Carasone downplayed a male basketball coach's alleged sexual and physical abuse of his female players, adding, lighten up Japs, J-A-P-S, using what is considered an ethnic slur, of course. In another November 2005 blog post, Karis, this is the head of Media Matters, praised former Democratic West Virginia Senator Robert Byrd, a former Grand Master of the Ku Klux Klan, as one of his ten favorite public figures. Quote, in his lunacy we trust, Karasone wrote a Byrd. Karasone made anti-Semitic comments on his blog as well. He's, he was an adult when he did this. He wrote in one October 2005 post that, quote, despite his jury, you know, he's adorable, referring to his boyfriend. In another post, Karasone claimed that his boyfriend only leaned conservative, quote, as a result of his possession of several bags of Jewish gold, unquote. Karasone did not return any inquiry from the DCNF asking whether he sees any contradiction because he pushes this boycott of Fox in his own past comments. He previously dismissed concerns about his past anti-Semitic comments on the grounds that his longtime partner is Jewish. And this is what they do. So there you go. This guy was quoted by Jeremy Barr, or his group, the Soros-backed Kerasone group at the Washington Post. He was quoted and promoted by CNN. CNN, which pretends that it's a real news operation when it's not. 
this guy was the source for Mediaite in his operation. This guy and his operation were the source of numerous media outlets, and they always are. They always are. The media are lazy, and they're left-wing, and they're radical, and they hate us. And whatever you do, don't challenge Soros either. Oh, I'll challenge whomever I want. And this organization, how it has a tax-exempt status, I will never know. Why the media, pretending that they care about Jews and gay people and other people, use media matters as a source. This White House, Andrew Bates, who is a serial liar, uses media matters as a source. But why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Well, they would. Give an example. The New York Times. They have no standards. Here is October 20, 2023. New York Post reporting on the New York Times. Shannon Thaler. New York Times rehires Hitler praising Salomon Hiji to cover Israel-Hamas war. What? Would this be the same New York Times that has published multiple anti-Semitic cartoons? Yes. The same New York Times that covered up the Holocaust? Yes, just like the Washington Post. That New York Times. A New York Times reporter who came under fire last year for praising Adolf Hitler in multiple resurfaced Facebook posts was rehired by the gray lady to cover the Israel-Palestinian war. I didn't hear any complaints about this over at CNN. Palestinian filmmaker Salomon Hiji hailed the Nazi leader as recently as 2018 in a post on Facebook when he shared a photo of himself captioned that he was, quote, in a state of harmony as Hitler was during the Holocaust, unquote. Per a translation from Arabic by pro-Israel media watchdog site Honest Reporting. So why is anybody still left at the New York Times who has an ounce of morality? Wouldn't you resign over this, Mr. Producer? But they didn't. That same year, Hiji was hired by the Times as a freelance journalist and worked on a slew of, quote, visual investigations, unquote, published by the organization through 2021, including one on Israeli airstrikes that killed 44 people. Hiji's 2018 post, including a 2012 Facebook post where he wrote, quote, how great you are, Hitler, unquote, in Arabic, alongside a photoshopped image of Hitler seemingly taking a selfie. They were unearthed last year when pro-Israel outlets called out the Times for hiring anti-Semitic journalists as freelancers. What do you think about that, Jake? At the time, he, she didn't appear to be working for the Times anymore and since taken down as controversial pro-Hitler posts. Wait till I hammer MSNBC tomorrow. However, the Times rehired the anti-Semitic freelancer last week. Two weeks ago, Hiji's byline has appeared in the publication nearly every day since October 12th. And his latest story from Gaza published on Thursday. Hiji wrote a piece titled, At a Hospital in Southern Gaza, a Backup Generator Becomes a Crucial Lifeline. About a facility two miles from the Ahib Arab Hospital bombing by a Palestinian terrorist organization that falsely blamed Israel for the attack, which the 
New York Times did. And CNN effectively did too. A Times spokesperson defended the outlet's decision to rehire Hiji. We reviewed problematic social media posts by Mr. Hiji when they first came to light in 2022 and took a variety of actions to ensure he understood our concerns and could adhere to our standards. You have no standards, you bastards. If he wished to do freelance work for us in the future. Once Israel denied any involvement, the, ty- the Times swiped it out. That is the headline. Well, one that said, hundreds dead and blast at Gaza Hospital, Palestinians say. Mr. Hishi followed those steps as has maintained high journalistic standards, they said. He has delivered important and impartial work at great personal risk in Gaza during this conflict. Well, I guess that fixes everything. So out of all the people they hire, they hire a guy who praised Hitler more than once, fairly recently, and their cartoons, and their history. The Post has sought comment from Hiji. The Times has drawn scorn from media critics for running an initial headline about the hospital explosion that pointed the finger at the Jewish state. Quote, Israel strikes, kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinian officials say. Israel's ambassador to the U.N. slammed the Times, of course. Israel's president, Herzog, a fairly moderate fellow, when it comes to politics there, he slammed CNN. Because CNN's international reporter is another scumbag. CNN's loaded with them. As is the New York Times, as is the Washington Post. Now, you know, I could play it safe, America, and stop exposing the media, hosts, reporters, cameramen. I could play it safe. A lot of people played it safe in the 1930s and 40s. They kept their mouth shut. They were afraid what would be said about them. That same mindset is at work today. To consistently tell the truth and condemn the liars in the media who cover up for the terrorists, who play moral equivalency, who hate Israel while pretending they don't. Well, you put a target on your on your forehead. So be it. It's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, Mr. Producer. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans. About a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation. And Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this no 
cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. I mean, seriously, out of all the people to choose, you, you rehire a guy that was praising Hitler for slaughtering Jews. But don't worry, he's got the highest journalistic standards over there at the New York Times. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. And notice they don't come under any criticism from Media Matters or Jake Tapper at CNN or anybody at CNN. No problem. Nobody resigns over it. Nothing. Wait until you hear about MSNBC tomorrow. I've already done a lot on them, but you can never do enough. You can never do enough. And CNN's history is despicable. It's disgusting. And people write about it all the time. All the time. Washington Post, too. But they're not alone. They're just, as we say, as I say, the tip of the spear. Oh, wow, who knew? Who knew? And, of course, this is in the Daily Wire. It's not at the New York Times or the Washington Post. You won't hear about this on CNN. The Hamas terrorist billionaires who live in marble-floored mansions and luxury hotels as they decry Gaza poverty after profiting from misery and terror. This is in the Daily Mail by Chris J-E-W-E-R-S, Jewers. Conditions in the Gaza Strip have long been dire, with the territory referred to by some of the world's largest open-air prison. Yeah, by the radicals who do this to Gaza. But they go on. While the majority of citizens in the densely populated territory, which is a quarter the size of Greater London, are in poverty, a select few live in marble-floored mansions and luxury hotels. According to the Embassy of Israel in the U.S., I'm sorry, it's not Hamas. Three of Hamas's most senior leaders, Masu Abu Mozark, Khalid Mashal, and Ismail Haniach, have net worths of more than $3 billion each. The embassy also claims that Hamas's annual turnover is $1 billion and suggests the group is second only to ISIS as the world's richest terror group. Think about that. Hamas is best known for its military wing, which reports about 40,000 terrorists. They wear the group's badge, thousands of whom took part in the October 7 attack. They are armed to the teeth with rifles, rockets, and vowed to destroy Israel. But the group is also the de facto authority that governs over Gaza, running organizations, including its health care system, social services, and the media. And it's that health care system, by the way, America, that the American media continues to rely on for statistics. Because the American media is sick. It took power in 2006 with its political leader, Ishmael Yeneh, assuming the role of prime minister that year, remains in control of the territory and having called no election since is essentially an authoritarian regime. It's a caliphate. 
In the years since taking control, the group's leaders have profited off the misery of the Gazan people. Now, you're not going to see this on MSNBC. You're not going to see this on CNN. Joe Scarborough is not going to talk about this. Talib, Omar, AOC, and the other Hitlerians. That's right, Hitlerians. They're not going to talk about this. No, not, a, not at all. A study from 2021 suggested that about one quarter of disease spread in the territory is caused by water pollution, 12% of the deaths of young children. While Gazans deprived of basic needs, Hamas uses aid and funds to line their own pockets. In other words, billions and billions have flowed into the Gaza. They line their pockets with it, these guys. They do not build up their infrastructure, their schools. They are a Islamist, terrorist, Nazi operation. They hoard the wealth, they use Palestinians as human shields, and allows the population it claims to govern to go hungry. According to German news outlet Bild, notice I can't even cite the New York Times, Washington Post, or CNN. There are four Hamas officials who have grown particularly wealthy. The trio that I just mentioned, as well as a fourth, Jonas Kwafisha. Hania is believed to be the richest of the three, despite once vowing to live only on olive oil and spice. A 61-year-old father of 13 children, he's been in hiding since 2019, living in the high life and luxury hotels in Qatar and Turkey. They often jet between Tehran, Istanbul, Moscow, and Cairo in private jets. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, one. Let me finish this Daily Wire piece. It's amazing. Excuse me, Daily Mail piece. We have to go to the UK, Daily Mail, to get this information. You will not find it at the Washington Post, the Jeremy... What's the guy's name again? I don't even remember his name. Barr, that's right. 
uh, the sycophants at CNN, all the rest of them. So I want you to listen to this. The German news outlet Bild, according to them, there are four Hamas officials who've grown particularly wealthy over the years. And I've mentioned them, Abu Marzouk, Khalid Mashal, Ishmael Haniye, as well as a fourth named Jonas Kofisha. Haniye is believed to be the richest of the three, despite once vowing to live only on olive oil and spice. The 61-year-old father of 13 has been in hiding since 2019, living the high life in luxury hotels in Qatar and Turkey. Those are American allies to Islamist regimes. German tabloid Bild reports that he often jets between Tehran, Istanbul, Moscow, and Cairo in his private jet to meet leaders in friendly nations, and two of his sons, Maiz and Abdel Salam, are often seen in Instagram posts lounging on hotel beds in Istanbul and Doha. Maz, who's also very wealthy, real estate mogul in his own right, is known on the Gaza Strip as the father of houses. When he's in Turkey, he's often seen in the company of attractive women and alcohol, despite his Islamic faith. You can see how corrupt this whole entire terrorist operation is. His brother, Abdel Salam, meanwhile, was disgraced after being found to be siphoning off money his role as sports ambassador of Hamas's Shura Council, it's Politburo, Bild says. The publication estimates is net worth to be $2.5 million. The Israeli embassy says it's closer to $3.2 billion. Another publication or news outlet, I-24 News, wrote last month that his wealth could be as high as $5 billion. All this money we're pouring in, all this money the U.N.'s pouring in, all the money the EU's pouring in. It's being used for tunnels. It's being used for weapons to kill Jews and to kill their own people. And it's being used to make these four individuals billionaires. Khalid Mashal, 67, is the former head of Hamas's political bureau. He fled Damascus to escape the Arab Spring in Syria and, like Hanea, is now living in Qatar. From there, he handles real estate and financial transactions for Hamas. When he fled Syria, Bill reports, he is said to have taken $1.5 billion from Hamas's headquarters in Damascus. Israel's U.S. Embassy puts his net worth at $4 billion. Musa Abu Marzouk, 72, is another Hamas high flyer. He's considered the second in command within the group and is a foreign minister of sorts. After spending 14 years in the United States, where he was arrested in 1995 for activities supporting terrorism and deported after two years, he moved to Jordan. Remember our ally Jordan? Then to Syria, and then to Cairo in 2012. Despite his arrest, he kept hold of his money, and today Bild reported his fortune is estimated at $2 billion, while the Israeli embassy puts it higher at $3 billion. Jonas Kafisha, 67, is a fourth official highlighted by Bill, the German publication, for his immense wealth. Mm-hmm. He's one of the terror group's most important financial managers and has been on the U.S. sanctions list of 2022 on account of being involved in direct Hamas operations. 
and holding key positions in several Hamas-controlled companies. According to I-24 News, the wealth accumulated by Hamas's He's, uh, let's see, very top officials is just the tip of the iceberg. The online outlet suggests that hundreds of Hamas leaders are sitting on millions of dollars thanks to the taxation of goods brought into the territory and through international donors, mainly from Qatar. While some estimates of Hamas's wealth are more conservative, there's no question. The group leaders have amassed huge fortunes. In May 2022, the U.S. Treasury sanctioned Hamas finance officials as well as other financial facilitators. It said Hamas's investment office, whose leadership oversees this network, held assets estimated to be worth half a billion dollars, including companies operating in Sudan, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Algeria, and UAE. And it goes on. How do they accumulate this wealth? On account of it being a terror group, Hamas is cut off from assistance from the likes of the U.S. and the European Union. That both provide support to the Palestinian Liberation Organization in the West Bank. Historically, Palestinian expats and private benefactors in the Middle East provided much of the group's funding, in addition to some Islamic charities in the West, a.k. in the United States. Israel has in the past also allowed Qatar to provide hundreds of millions in assistance, while other foreign aid comes through the Palestinian National Authority and the UN. But Hamas has also been... See, Israel's already, yes, let some foreign aid go into the Gazans, even though they know these people are siphoning it off, because they have no choice. You see the pressure they're under today, even after they were attacked in all those atrocities. Hamas has been able to raise its own revenue, taxing goods that move through sophisticated network of tunnels that avoid the Egyptian border crossing in the south, bringing in food, medicine, fuel, cash, and also arms. In other words, it taxes its own people. Egypt also allows for the entry of some commercial goods. As of 2021, Hamas reportedly collected upwards of $12 million per month in taxes raised on Egyptian goods imported into Gaza, according to the Council on Foreign Relations. So it's taxing its own people. Today, Iran is one of Hamas's biggest donors. The country's sworn enemy of Israel contributes funds, weapons, and military training to the group. And according to the CFR, it also provides some $100 million per year to Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and other groups designated as terror organizations. Turkey has been a backer of Hamas and a critic of Israel. Though Ankara says it only supports the political wing of the group, but has also been accused of funding Hamas's terrorist activities through aid diverted to the group's military. We're going to post this story on our website, marklevinshow.com, and you're going to see pictures of the luxury, the lavish hotels, the beds, where these men live and how they operate, how beautifully dressed they are. It's sickening. Despite its accumulation of wealth, Hamas has avoided responsibility for building infrastructure and protecting the citizens of Gaza. Just last week, in fact, Abu Mazouk, one of these billionaires, declared that the political bureau of the terror group is not responsible for protecting the coastal strips civilians amid the ongoing Israeli bombardment of the territory. Quote, we built the tunnels because we have no other way of protecting ourselves from being killed in airstrikes. We're fighting from inside the tunnels. I read that to you last week. Passing the buck further, he added 75% of 
the population of Gaza are refugees. And it is the UN's responsibility to protect them. Remember I kept asking, how can you be refugees in your own country or your own territory? And the answer is, they steal all the money. And they need these refugees, quote-unquote, to keep getting money from the UNRWA, which is backed by the U.S., and all these European countries and all these other countries who pour billions of dollars for the refugees, and these guys steal it. 75% of guys are so-called refugees in their own territory? According to the Times of Israel, he then went on to claim that it was Israel's obligation to provide the needs of Gazans under the Geneva Convention. See how it works? Now you know more about how corrupt the media are in our country. They didn't report this. The Daily Mail did. Let's see if it's reported by the hosts at the Constipated News Network. Or MSLSD or any of the rest of it. This certainly does take the veneer off the operation, doesn't it? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It's my pleasure to welcome a good friend of mine, Congressman Chris Roy from Texas. Chip, Chris, for God's sakes. Chip Roy from Texas. Chip, how are you, my friend? Doing great, Mark. Uh, Chris is by far the nicest uh, <laughs> name. It's not my real name that I've been called lately. Yeah, likewise. Uh, but anyway, that's funny. Uh, Chip, you guys in the House, you pass a bill, which is what you're supposed to do, a single appropriation bill. Right. To get money to the state of Israel, which is an extremist right yep. now, you say we're going to off- offset it with this ridiculous money that goes t- for 87,000 IRS agents to harass Americans. There's no time for that. And then you and your party are accused of playing politics. Biden says he's going to veto it. Schumer wants to block it. McConnell wants to block it. Whether it's Ukraine or a thousand other things, you want to go from about $14.5 billion and they want to spend over $100 billion, correct? No, that's exactly right. Now, first of all, if Biden opposes it and Schumer opposes it and if McConnell opposes it, man, it must be the most righteous thing you could possibly be doing. true. He came in and he did a very good thing right out of the gate, uh, sending over Israel standalone, paid for out of a pot of money set aside to expand the IRS to harass the American people, like you just described. Only in Washington would people choose the IRS over Israel and try to blame us for doing something uh, to help Israel while making sure it's paid for and that we're not making our government worse. Look, the people of Israel need our support and help. They're our friends and our allies. They're being attacked, attacked viciously, violently, barbarically, as you have covered ad infinitum on your show. Uh, but you can't do it enough because of it, it's, it's, it's unspeakable, unspeakable, the kinds of things that are going on. But it's not just that, Mark, and you know it and I know it. It is in our national security interest as America to have a strong Israel holding the line against these forces of terror, these forces of evil. And it is good for us. It is a good use of dollars for us to invest and help and support Israel uh, hold that line, Uh, particularly when it's pushing back on Iran effectively. Mm -hmm. So I think we ought to hold the line. I'm encouraging Speaker Johnson, don't blink. We all want to get that money to Israel on the double. 
but not at the expense of doing things the right way. Don't let them roll us. Uh, we'll get this done, I think, in the near you know couple of weeks. But I think we need to hold the line demonstrating that we're going to be serious about how we do this and push on Schumer and Biden and call their bluff. And that's going to head right into the whole continuing resolution debate over the next 10 days. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Meanwhile, um, Biden allows the spigot to remain open to get money, the Iranians to get money for their oil. Uh, yep. The money keeps flowing into UNRWA, the U.N. operation. Yep. The money goes into Gaza, and these four billionaires, the Daily Mail has written about, who run the place from Qatar and Turkey, they have their own private jets. I mean, billionaires. Um, they're the ones who leech the money off of the people there. I mean, isn't Biden, like, doing all the wrong things in the Middle East? Yeah, totally. And, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that, obviously, about UNRWA, which is a United Nations program that has been funding the Palestinians for years uh, directly, uh, not to mention all of the money that is, you know, backdooring into the Palestinians by way of all the support we're giving or uh, that ends up helping Iran. In this case, as you just articulated, the lack of sanctions allowing them to make literally like 40, 50, 60 billion dollars in revenue from from uh, selling uh, uh, oil to China. Um, and we're allowing that to occur, uh, not to mention um, all of the other ways in which we are sending money to the United Nations. And then you have the United Nations vote against Israel, vote to side, side with Hamas. And, and, and moral clarity matters right now. Uh, and we need to hold the line on this. And we're trying to tell our appropriators and other people, like I was on a thread today with one of my colleagues. And the colleague was saying, well, but I don't know. I don't know if we can cut the U.N. I mean, I don't know that, that they'll send the right signal around the world. Send the right signal? What mm-hmm. is Funding an organization that is putting all of these militant countries on their so-called human rights council, and then they're uh, literally voting against Israel and in favor of Hamas. Why are we giving them $12 billion a year, Mark? You know what the biggest thing? Fine. We don't need to use the IRS to pay for it. Let's just cut our funding to the U.N. and give it to Israel. Because you know what? That would be a far better use of that money. The Democrat Party, I mean, you're there, you watch them. Um, and even when you're not there, you can still see them. They have a very big chunk of their base, and it's a growing chunk of their base that is flat-out anti-Semitic, don't they? Yeah, 100%, and it really is um, disturbing. And, and, and there's a side part of this conversation about TikTok and China yeah. and the pushing of this, this entire narrative, and it's purposeful, and it is anti-Jewish, it is anti-Christian, it is anti-American. It is anti-freedom. It is anti-Western civilization. And the vast majority of these young Democrats, all these universities, are all having this push through, and they're, they're, they're advancing this radical ideology. And, and by the way, Mark, we keep funding this stuff. We keep mm-hmm. funding the universities that are allowing this to seed. We keep funding the programs that are doing it, and we shouldn't do it. And that's a big part of the whole fight this year with the speakers and the appropriations process and constraining and cutting spending so that we can advance actual policies that are good for this country rather than undermining. But that undercurrent of anti-Semitism, it's real. We're seeing it play out on the streets. We saw all of, all of these supposed pro-Palestinian, i.e. pro-Hamas, i.e. pro-terrorism, i.e. anti-Israel, i.e. anti-Semitic uh, individuals climbing the fence at the White House. Uh, you know, that are that are and this is happening all across the country. And we need to tamp this out. I mean, look, you know, free speech is free speech. You can't go around uh, engaging, by the way, in violent behavior and violating our laws in the process 
uh, and, and you're up there siding with terrorist organizations that are enemies of our state. They are enemies of the United States. And, and by the way, this is the line that Rashida Tlaib has crossed. And, and hold on, don't, clear. don't, hold on, hold on. Hold on, I have a hard break. I, I want you to finish, because I think what you're saying is very important. I'm on with Chip Roy. Very, very good man. Representative in Texas. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Representative Chip Roy, Talib. You were in the middle of a sentence. I had to cut you off for the break. Go right ahead. Yeah, yes, sir. I mean, um, everybody with half a brain and open eyes knows exactly what we have with respect to Rashida Tlaib and her anti-Semitic rhetoric, um, her anti-Israel rhetoric, and frankly, let's be blunt, her anti-American rhetoric. I mean, on October 8th, okay, we're literally just getting the news accounts of the most, some of the most barbaric attacks I've ever seen. Uh, with babies getting beheaded, with babies getting put in ovens, with rapes, with murders, with people being pulled out of cars and getting shot, all the stuff that we all know how horrible it was to see and still going on. And we had her try to come out and say, oh, this is just resistance. Hold on a second. You're trying to defend that kind of activity as, quote, resistance to, quote, apartheid. When Israel has been on those lands for millennia, when the United States of America was deeply involved with ensuring that Israel got her lands back in 1948, directly after the most horrid acts in, in, in the history of mankind and what we saw unfold in the Holocaust or World War II. Now you've got Rashida Tlaib, who's out there supporting that kind of rhetoric and then saying that America is at fault if we fund Israel that effectively we're funding that continued, quote, cycle of violence, I think she said. Basically, she's saying, we're at fault. America's at fault. Israel's at fault, not Hamas. And importantly, obviously, she has used multiple times, most notably on Friday, this language from the river to the sea, which is not a very subtle dog whistle for saying we want to see Israel wiped off the face of the map. This is a step well beyond the kind of rhetoric that we can, you know, safely place into, uh, you know, the kind of free speech and free thinking, free speech and debate that you and I, as defenders of the Constitution, want to protect. But remember, mm-hmm. it's an honor and a privilege to be an elected member of Congress. And Congress can determine to censure our members, our, our colleagues. And Rashida Tlaib deserves to be censured. I believe she will be censured. Uh, language is getting developed, and I believe bills were filed today. I, I had a hand in some of that. I won't get ahead of that yet, but, but hopefully we can get that done. But just for the record, the reason I opposed, I voted to table a resolution last week, was because with all due respect to its author, it was flawed. It had language in it defining something as an insurrection that is plainly not an insurrection, mm-hmm. which has legal consequences, as you know, with respect to some of our uh, fellow Americans involved in the January 6th issue and some of the litigation, and even President Trump, who is now being wrongly targeted in states as being uh, disqualified under the 14th Amendment insurrection language. So my main point here is it matters how you draft these things, and we want to get this done and get it 218 votes. So I'm working on it. Uh, I hope we'll get it done this week. Uh, it needs to happen. It just has to be done the right way. 
Do you know, and, and I don't, that's why I'm asking you, you know, the Democrats have a, a growing group of American haters, Marxists, of uh, Islamist supporters, and I would say it's almost in the two dozen numbers now. Do you know of anyone among your colleagues, Republicans, who have that kind of mindset? Anyone? I'm unaware of a single soul in the Republican Party who has any anywhere near that kind of a mindset. I really don't. Um, you know, you've got uh, uh, such obvious vitriol being directed towards Israel and in favor of terrorist sympathizer, terrorist enemies, actual terrorists, uh, as we see unfolding here with Hamas. And I can't even put it into words, Mark. I mean, what we're seeing unfold around this country. And it is incumbent upon us to stand up and stand athwart that vitriol because it's being directed at our Jewish brothers and sisters, but it's even bigger than that. You know that, right? This is, this is an attack at our, at our very way of life. Those of us who believe in Western civilization, this is a direct assault on our values and our belief in Western civilization. It's, it's, it's so unbelievable to me, and I really do think we need to start defunding these universities and colleges. I mean, we have state yep. legislatures. Many 100%. of them are Republican. They need to take steps now. The federal level, same thing with these various grant programs. Student loans, how about a whole bunch of these people got a student loan relief, quote-unquote, unconstitutionally from Joe Biden? And, no, no uh, question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no question. And, and, Mark, this is so important for all your listeners out there, because you're going to hear so many Republicans say, Chip, why are you so concerned about discretionary spending? It's only about 25% of the total budget. Why are you so wound up about it? Number one, if you can't cut the Department of Education or a weaponized DOJ, you think you're going to go deal with it of, of how to make Social Security or Medicare solvent? No. Second thing, why are you funding the bureaucrats who are at war with your way of life? Because that's what you're doing. You're funding student loans, Department of Education, a bunch of education bureaucrats teaching your kids that America is evil, God doesn't exist, Western civilization is bad, that Israel is an apartheid state. You're funding that garbage. Stop it. That's the whole point. That's why we're fighting on all this discretionary spending. Everybody needs to know that this whole fight this year about the spending levels and the speakers' battles, to get us on appropriations committee, to get conservatives on the rules committee, it's to call their bluff, because I literally in the Rules Committee today, and this is a little bit in the weeds, but it's important to understand. We, we called their bluff because they're saying, Chip, you guys, you and the Freedom Caucus, you guys were uh, you know, trying to lie and change the deal when we had under the debt deal in, in Memorial Day. I said, hold on. The bills we're passing right now are within a few billion dollars, literally out of $1.6 trillion, within a few billion dollars of the debt deal, a little under, right near it. But you know what the dirty secret is? They wanted to use all of these rescissions pots of money. They wanted to go take other pots of money, and they wanted to go backfill and grow those programs. And we're calling their bluff on it. And that's what they're getting tired of. The appropriators are biting back. The swamp is biting back, just like they did with Trump. But we're going to keep fighting because we've got to defund these tyrannical bureaucrats at war with our way of life. You know, I understand why the Democrats don't support taking one penny out of these organizations because they back their agenda. The centralization of government, the control of the individual through Washington bureaucrats and agencies and all the rest of it. I will never understand the Republicans, and I'll be very specific. Mitch McConnell, for 15 years, the longest-serving leader of either party in the Senate, has been a disgrace 
an absolute disgrace. More often than not, he throws in with Schumer and throws against the conservatives in the House, don't you think? A hundred percent. What we're seeing happen in the Senate last week in particular, where you saw Republican senators go down and attack, target and lie about Tommy Tuberville's courageous stand of sitting up there and saying, why are taxpayer dollars being used to perpetuate abortion tourism? And you had Joni Ernst and you had a bunch of Republican senators go to the floor and attack him. That is the McConnell brigade over in the Senate who are all too happy to go to war with conservative Republicans. Because, Hold on, let you know me what? explain this, They're though. Let same... me explain this, though. Yeah. Biden comes in, and by fiat, the executive branch tells the Department of Defense to use taxpayer dollars to fly women in the military who are pregnant at taxpayer dollars for abortions. You guys in Congress didn't pass anything. You weren't consulted about it. He just did it. And yep. considering the money that we need for the military and all the rest of it, and they're their attempt to use the military for wokeism and social change and everything else. Here you have a senator from Alabama that said, the only power I have is to put the brakes on the Pentagon that did this on its own when it comes to what they really care about, and that's one promotion after another. And Joe Biden can end this in two seconds if he would withdraw his unconstitutional executive order or their policy, I should say, at the uh, Defense Department but he won't. So they pile on uh, Tuberville and the media pile on him and Republicans pile on him in the Senate to claim that he's undermining the Pentagon and our security. Do I have that about right? You have it exactly right. And one added element, you had you know, United States senators, Republicans go to the floor of the Senate and effectively lie by saying that, oh, you know, we're just telling you, Coach Tuberville, we, we just want to vote right now. Let's do a vote. And they would ask for consent to call up one of these nominees. And, and Coach Tuber, Tuberville would say, no, I do not consent to that. And they would say, see, you're blocking it. We just wanted to have a vote. That's unanimous consent. That's not a vote. Literally all mm-hmm. Coach Tuberville is demanding is that they actually do their job and vote. But they say, no, 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 that will take too long. And the point here is he's taking a stand against this tyranny of the bureaucracy, funding a policy and a program antithetical to your beliefs, my beliefs, and the beliefs of the majority of the American people that we shouldn't fund abortion tourism with taxpayer dollars. Now multiply that times a thousand, the programs across the entire federal government, in terms of education, the Department of Justice, weaponized against Scott Smith out in Loudoun County in Leesburg. You know that well. All Mm -hmm. of the weaponization of Department of Justice against uh, the former president against people like Mark Halk in Philadelphia. All of the use of, of education department and all of the you know, DEI and all of the critical race theory, all of that stuff is being done. And, and Republicans sit back and go, oh, Chip, isn't that cute? You know, you want to cut these beer. You can't do that. That will, that will harm a program. No, the American people are tired of funding that stuff when we have a $2 trillion deficit. And we need you know, Republicans to stand up and fight. And thankfully, the Freedom Caucus is doing it. And I hope Mike Johnson will hold the line in the House. It's just incredible how they push their agenda. They do it in violation of the law. They do it uh, with their executive orders or regulations. And uh, everybody's happy. They change it. And some guy stands up against it. And they just try to destroy him. They do the same to you. They do the same to me. They do the same to any constitutional conservative that actually cares about this country. Look, look how they're reporting on Israel and Hamas. Look at CNN. It's grotesque. Look at the Washington Post and the New York Times. They are grotesque. Look at, uh, at the MSNBC. 
They don't tell the truth. And they're not going to tell the truth about this. Here's the upside, though. I'll close with this. You know why I have a lot of hope and a lot of faith is because of you, people out there telling the truth. Also, young Americans like Riley Gaines, who just said no to all this garbage. And Mm -hmm. she said, you know what? I'm not swimming against a dude. Scott Smith, like I talked about in Leesburg. There are Americans who are waking up and tired of it. I just hope Republicans will represent them instead of the swamp in making decisions here in town. And we're trying to fight that. Now, you have a reelection campaign. If people want to help you, where do they go? Well, thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah, chiproy.com, chiproy.com. I, you know, any financial support is grateful. Yes, we're in, we're in election cycle. Um, we need to make sure that we, you know, go strong. And, and um, yeah, really appreciate it. And uh, chiproy.com or my uh, Twitter account is chiproytx, C-H-I-P-R-O-Y-T-X. So you don't like the name Chris I gave you, huh? Or you do like it? <laughs> no, like I said, it's better than <laughs> most names I got. Let, let me get one last thing. I was in New Braunfels, Texas, which I represent, near San Antonio, last night. My dad's 81st birthday yesterday. And nice. we were out, and hundreds of people coming up to us and saying thank you. No one complaining. They are so yeah. thankful we're fighting for them. And I tell them, look, we're just getting started. It takes a while to drain the swamp. You saw President Trump try. He got some things done, and he got bit. And then he tried, and then he got bit some more. We're doing the same thing. It takes a little bit of time, but have faith. we got to do it. 100%. All right, my brother. Take care. God bless you. All right. God bless you, Mark. Take care. Take care of yourself. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't forget, Virginia, you got to vote tomorrow if you haven't voted early. Please don't forget, in Loudoun County, Gary Higgins, Juan Pablo Segura, Mike Chaplin, and Gary Katz. Please don't forget, and the rest of the state as well. These are low turnout elections, so you can really chase them. You can really catch them off guard if you get out there and you vote. If you haven't voted already... Don't leave it to somebody else to help save the country and save your state. It's on you, and all people ask is for you to vote. I wanted to mention something before I leave this evening. Joe Biden's polls are in the toilet. Donald Trump is leading him in five battleground states. Two things. People are saying, well, who's going to replace him? Which Democrat? I wish these conservatives in TV and radio would think about what they say. Who's going to replace him? From a substantive point of view, it doesn't matter. Because the Democrat Party has been behind every step of Joe Biden's policies and agenda. They've supported it in Congress. Every Democrat governor supported. All the Democrats have supported all the destruction he's done to this country. Destroying our energy independence, destroying our border, destroying our currency, massive inflation, massive redistribution of wealth. 87,000 new IRS agents and overseas, they've supported them 100% as well. So this is on the Democrat Party. It's not like they have one person replace their zombies. The whole Democrat Party hates America. So that's point number one. Point number two is this. Nikki Haley. Oh, look at her numbers. They're significant. Nikki Haley is the candidate the rhinos have decided to get behind. Let me be clear. Nikki Haley is the candidate the rhinos have decided to get behind. She was not a conservative governor. 
in South Carolina. She doesn't even run on her eight years in agenda. You can't tell me two, three, four, five things she did in eight years. I know she raised taxes. Tim Scott said so. But what has she really done at a time when we need somebody who will fight the culture, fight the bureaucracy, fight the media? She's not the one. Not from my point of view, period. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world, and certainly our brothers and sisters in Israel. Biden doesn't have your back, but we sure as hell do. God bless you in this audience. I am blessed to have you. Let's keep standing tall. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 